Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to the Boardroom for Women, and I am your host, Lori Kreese. What is the Boardroom for Women? It is everything that you need to spark that you know, motivation and get those intentions moving along in your business. As a 15-year entrepreneur myself, you know, as a solo entrepreneur, I definitely missed and craved the powerhouse uh, of, of what comes in a boardroom and getting those ideas across. So that's why we went ahead and put this together for all of you listeners. And I'm very happy to have with us today, Bobby Carlton founder of innovationwomen.com. And the topic today is public speaking, the executive game changer. So Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah. So you're a founder and tell us a little bit what led you down that, that path. Oh, is this thing called the great recession? <laughs> so, <laughs> Which one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 2008. There we go. That's, that, that's where I got started too. I was going to say, hearing that you were a 15 year entrepreneur, I said, hmm, I have a feeling there was a very similar trigger. Yeah. Well, actually my trigger was, um, I actually had a very high paying job, got married and I met my husband at work and he was very high paid. We're in the newspaper industry. And I'm like, we're starting to see a lot of changes. I'm like, one of us is going to lose our job. Let's make some changes. So we started building a house in Texas and we moved to Texas. And when I started my business was because unfortunately, my now ex-husband came home in the middle of the afternoon when I had a new baby in my arms and I'm like, Oh, he's here to help me. And he had that look of, he lost his job and I had to switch gears from, uh, okay, I've got a new baby. I need sleep. Now I need a plan. And I opened up a PayPal account, grabbed a domain and never looked back. <laughs> so I did it without a plan, unfortunately, but you know, again, the spirit of the boardroom is fire, right? I mean, it's that fire security. You have a baby in your arm game. Talk about game changer. Absolutely. I, my husband was the stay at home parent and we had two kids that he was staying home with. And when the market fell off a cliff in 2008, I had been working for a startup, which ran out of money. So I immediately switched gears and started working for myself. And yeah. I started the first company. I am actually the founder of three different companies. The day job is I run a PR and marketing firm. The night job for many years was a startup event in Boston called Innovation Nights. And I consider Innovation Women the dream job, the dream of more women on stage at conferences and events. And then during the pandemic, I actually bought two more companies. So the little empire grew to five different uh, offerings. Uh, we also have a research service for public speakers and also a digital magazine for women entrepreneurs. Oh, wow. I would love to. I wish you empire and I were building. <laughs> yeah, I wish you and I were in the same town. I like how very much how you spoke of layering your day job, your night job. Um, I do the same. I've got my day job, my night job, which I try to limit to certain nights of the week. I, <laughs> you know, I still have young girls at home 
and my weekend job, which are is Saturday, every Saturday until at least noon, because there are teenagers, they sleep in, like the dead until noon. <laughs> so I'm not missing anything. And, um, and then I have my job to myself on Sundays is my, you know, R and R and whatever that means. I could even be laundry. It's just my personal time. Absolutely. Uh, I, I try to take one screen free day a week. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. So let's dive in. I mean, public speaking, the executive change, uh, game changer, tell us why, but I want to also point out that I am starting to see a lot more social media announcements about women getting on stages. And it's so nice to see pulling out of a pandemic that there are more and more in-person events. When I spoke about my daytime job, my nighttime job, part of my world is also in-person events. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, while that was completely set aside, that allowed me to, you know, discover podcasts and radio and it gave me a lot of new opportunities. So while it shifted my, my core, it opened up some new doors, but I'm seeing a lot more opportunities being posted about speaking and it's wonderful to see. So yeah, public speaking, the executive changer, game changer, tell us why. Well, I mean, every time you get on stage, you get the opportunity for visibility. And every time you give yourself, your business, your story, the opportunity to get visibility, it drives so many other opportunities. You can connect with customers. You can connect with partners. You can educate people. You can share what made you successful and entice other people to think about that same path. Um, I usually talk about public speaking as a game changer in terms of careers, in terms of business, but I'm particularly interested in it for women because two-thirds of all conference speakers are men. And that leaves women out of the running for so many of these opportunities. So I think women really need to take control of their public speaking careers. And when they are asked to step on stage, say yes. And when they are thinking about how they want to communicate to the world, they seek out public speaking opportunities as a major part of driving visibility for themselves, their careers, and their businesses. So it positions you in a place of authority. Absolutely. And, and, and also, you know, you become a little more familiar with their, them as far as how open they are and you make that connection. And I'm kind of assuming it doesn't matter about the scale of the stage, like go to a chamber event and, and just speak, speak there. If you want the practice before you have aspire for those Ted talks and even bigger. Absolutely. You, I think the best thing that we can do for ourselves in terms of public speaking is just start doing it. Say yes, get on stage, no matter how big those stages are. And when we think about the benefits of public speaking, I usually talk about the connections that are being made. It's not necessarily just the connections in the room that you are speaking at at that moment. If you think about the last email you got about a conference 
or the last social media post you saw about an event, you are probably seeing content about the speakers. That is the primary marketing thing that a conference or an event will do. These are our speakers. This is our keynote. And even if you never hear that speaker in person, you have a sense of them in terms of their topic, in terms of the credibility of them being on that stage. They are an expert. They are a thought leader. And you never saw them in action. I'm making notes while I'm here because I have a few pet peeves. I, I've recently become more active in a chamber of commerce and um, let me run by some pet peeves and maybe you can either reframe it. So I look at, at it a little differently or maybe offer some tips of what the do's and don'ts when you're on stage. Mm. But um, I prefer that you stand up and you're the expert. You offer your expertise. You try to trigger some aha moments and some great takeaways. Self-promotion. I think we have to stop <laughs> thinking about it as self-promotion. No, not that part. Self-promotion is my pet peeve. When ah. they start dropping, I have a book and in my book this and in my book that. And when I'm asked by the CEO to do this and um, I don't know, that stuff starts bothering me. I agree with you. And every event manager that I've ever worked with, one of the things that they talk about is, please, dear God, do not make this a sales pitch. You are hurting your own credibility and you are hurting the credibility of my event. Now, there is the art of this subtle sell. When you tell a story from the stage and Part of that story involves the work that you do with a client or the story from your book. You can be subtle without, hey, folks, run to the back of the room and buy my book. There is a very fine line and expert speakers, people that you just never notice them selling, may actually be promoting what they do. Very few public speakers make a 100% living doing public speaking. They have a book, they have a workshop, they do consulting. Maybe they're a facilitator. Maybe they have a other, other whole business. But if you just stand up there and give a sales pitch, you turn people off. So you really need to learn the difference and make sure that you are not turning off your audience by selling to them. Because it was like name dropping too. I mean, I, I it was a recent event I went to. There was some name dropping. Oh, I was uh, featured on this and I was featured on that. And there was she was offering such amazing, great takeaways, but sprinkling in, you know, kind of the, um, oh, I don't want to call it arrogance, but the, the ego was definitely flashing. Yeah. And one more pet peeve. And how do you feel about this was, um, I, I've seen speakers, again, you know, even recently, stand up, do their presentation, and, you know, receive their applause, pack up and walk, head out the door. Oh, and, uh, oh. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's such an opportunity to be so ha shake hands, and really continue that connection. 
Um, so being on stage is definitely that moment and that glory and that piece of authority. But then there's breakouts. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say that's almost just as important? Absolutely. And most very successful public speakers get more business from the audience. So if you blow away that audience, if you have expanded people's understanding of a, of a concept or an idea, the next speaking gig you get will probably be from someone in that audience. If you run away, you have lost that opportunity, but you've also cemented in the audience's mind, frankly, that you don't care about them. So I think that public speakers, when they are done, they should stay, they should be connecting with the audience, they should allow people the opportunity for follow-up questions and to engage with them as people. I mean, one of the strengths of public speaking is it's so personal. You know, you, you really do get the opportunity to get to know a person by their storytelling, by the way they think. You know, if we wanted just information, there's this thing called Google. We go and we Google and we get an answer, but we might not get that same connection that we get with somebody who is in person, standing in front of us, sharing their thoughts and their perspective. Thank you for validating that for me, because when when I was experiencing that, I'm like, oh, out the door. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Um, uh, she was they missed an opportunity, and so did you. She was talked into staying, um, but it was almost like, oh, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. You know, sit down, have lunch with Aww. us. It was because it was a small group, wonderful presentation. Like I said, valuable content. But, you know, I picked up on a couple little things. I'm like, wow, out the door. Like, now connecting with people is beyond the stage. Yeah. You know, that's your position of authority for sure and, and gave you time to shine. But people want to talk to you. You're the Absolutely. movie star. It's like it's like theater, right? <laughs> and I think as public speakers, one of our first jobs, frankly, is to be likable, to be real people, to make in-person connections. The problem and the power of the stage is it does elevate and separate us from an audience. In the elevation, like there's literally a physical elevation about being on a stage that helps you be seen as an expert, that helps you be seen as a thought leader, but it does also separate us. That's one of the reasons that when you look at um, websites for speakers or you see a sizzle reel from a speaker, you will often see that speaker moving around inside the audience. They come off stage. They engage one-to-one -one with people. You know, like we think back to the old days of Oprah and Phil Donahue. When were they at their best? When were they at their most powerful? When they were standing face-to-face -face with individual members of their audience. I agree. Boy, we're dating ourselves. I know who Phil Donahue <laughs> is. <laughs> I remember yes. her. <laughs> that was my grandma's favorite show, but I still remember it very well. Wonderful. Well, these are great, great tips. So as we kind of wrap up here, how about those thinking about speaking? Um, what, you know, 
is kind of like the the cart before the horse. Do you start drafting your message and just prepare for you by yourself? Or are you inspired by an engagement and then have the content pulled out of you? Like, do you start to prepare little nooks and crannies and say, hey, I'm available on topics of this, this, and this? Or do you wait for the opportunity and then kind of create content? All right. I want everybody to think of three interlocking circles, a Venn diagram of interlocking circles. The first circle is your area of expertise and your passion. The second circle is how you want to be seen, what your brand is, what do you want to be seen as an expert or a thought leader is. And the third circle, and the one that people forget about all the time, is what does your audience want? As a public speaker, you need to be in service to that audience. If you are there to share your knowledge and promote your brand, you are not doing the full job unless you meet the audience where they need to be. You solve a problem that they have and you help them smooth over their pains, their, their uncertainties. This is when a speaker is the most powerful. When all of that stuff overlaps and you are delivering something that makes a difference for somebody in the audience. Um, a lot of the people today think about TED and TEDx as kind of the epitome of public speaking. And it's done a wonderful thing for speakers in helping them focus on one big idea. But the theme of TED is ideas worth spreading. And so if you think about your audience, think about a person who listens to what you say and runs out of the room inspired and excited and saying, yeah, I can do that too. I love that. That's the conclusion right there. You walk out and <laughs> yes, I, I love that. And actually that's something I do miss because of the pandemic and changes with my business. I am like, itching for a conference in person, not one that I build. I want to go to one, <laughs> you know, yeah. and public speaking. There are so many opportunities. Um, I actually coined a, a term for it. I call it the speaker's paradise. If you think about it, there's so many different options out there for public speaking. You can uh, look at Ventbrite. They sold tickets to 4.6 million events last year. There are 50,000 individual TEDx talks. Um, uh, Meetup, 300,000 monthly events, 92,000 professional organizations in the U.S. alone. Everything from your local chamber to the biggest conferences in the world. Even with the pandemic, people didn't just stop speaking. They got online, they spoke virtually, they did podcast guesting like I'm doing here today. There are all kinds of opportunities for public speaking. You just need to think about where you fit, find the right place and go after it. That is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful information. And um, 
you, you've definitely inspired me to also look ahead. I mean, I do not aspire to necessarily get on the stage, but always brushing up on those connections and the position of authority and, you know, even it, just being in sales, you're speaking, you're doing a presentation, right? So, so great takeaways. I appreciate it, Bobby. For our podcast listeners, of course, I will be able to drop links in our show notes. For our radio only listeners, what's the best way to connect with you? Come and check out innovationwomen.com. We have tons of speaking opportunities and we are a mission-based organization. We are focused on greater gender equity for women, diversity and inclusion. Our job is to get more women on stage. We want to help you. Wonderful. Bobby, thank you so much for being here and being a wonderful motivator here today in the boardroom. Thank you. And you've been listening to The Boardroom for Women.